When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is November 6th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome to another edition of the Bruins Beat here on CLNS Media. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy, and... I'm joined this week, and I, you know what? It's a, it's a late birthday gift. As we record this, it's November 5th. My birthday was Sunday. An old man now, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. But uh, this is a good late birthday gift. I get to talk to my my dear old friend and colleague, Rob Simpson. And, of course, you know him as the host of Stelic and Simmer on Sirius XM, NHL Network Radio. And he's also the author of No Heavy Lifting, which uh, he is going on a insane promotion of that book right now. He's going to tell us about that, Simmer. How are you doing? Pretty good. What do you mean by old? What, do you, what makes you old? Why? Are, what are you old now? How's it old? Happy birthday. Years old, Simmer. I, I am Glenn Murray years old. You're 54. You're 54. He's <laughs> <laughs> got Bobby Orton nice. the age twice, though. That's always good. That's a good thing. Congratulations. Yeah. So there we go, my friend. And what, are you still, what, you're 26? Yeah, I, I'm uh, 39, and uh, I look a, don't look a day over 50. <laughs> <I know. laughs> hey, listen, so um, I know the book came out, No Heavy Lifting, uh, a few months back, but uh, you're going yep. in a full gear promotion for the holidays, and uh, I'm hearing that you're taking a rather interesting road trip uh, to promote your book. Yeah, well, you know, the book came out in the spring, but it wasn't really hockey season. The playoffs started, you know, people kind of get busy and they don't want to hear about books. So I kind of took the summer off, and this is this is the actual kind of release publicity daily for the for the fall. Although the main focus of this trip is just I, I came up with it just to do it because it was kind of there. It's like the Mount Everest thing, mm-hmm. um, and just love the game and the experience and all that. So it's kind of a multi pronged thing. I'm, I'm doing twenty of the morning shows. Um, Stelic and Simmer, which will be interesting, especially the 4 a.m. starts out on the West Coast. <laughs> and I'm probably doing about 10 or 12 book signings. So, yes, I am promoting the book, but mostly it's just to do it. And uh, so it's kind of a promotional tour for Stelic and Simmer, promotional tour for No Heavy Lifting, and just uh, a hell of a lot of fun. Now, uh, I mean, you've been to pretty, you've been to every arena, right? It's- I have been to every arena. I haven't been to Pittsburgh's new arena. I haven't been there since it was the Igloo. I have not been to Edmonton's, Edmonton's new arena, and I have never been to Vegas. So okay. technically, I have not been to one venue. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's three there that will be new for you, and that's always interesting. You, you, yeah. You know what? You've seen every arena now. What are the old arenas like? I'm talking, you know, the Boston Garden, 
you know, Maple Leaf Gardens, um, you know, the, the Joe, I know you've been to, obviously, growing up in Michigan, uh, Chicago Stadium. Did you make it to any of those other than uh, the Joe? Uh, well, I, I was even at the Olympia before the Joe. So I, I got a chance to see the original six building, the Olympia, which was fantastic. Um, I did go, I did go to Chicago Stadium one time um, in 1988, and uh, similar to the Olympia, very noisy bandbox, and it just happened to be it was random. It happened to be Tony Esposito and Glenn Hall night that night. Um, I believe it was like October of. Of, uh, yeah, it would have, I think it would have been October, October, November of 88. And a friend of ours, Bob Nagley, whose father ended up buying or owning, starting the Minnesota Wild, he got a standing room only for Glenn Hall, Tony Esposito night at the Chicago Stadium. I never made it to Maple Leaf Gardens. Uh, I've never made it to the Forum. I did, I've obviously been to Madison Square Garden, and I was in the Boston Garden once. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All fantastic buildings. Yeah. I mean, I, I I understand the modern amenities and the spoiled fans and all the money, 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 but there's nothing better than watching a game in those old rinks. Nah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I miss it a lot. And out of the new arenas, I, I don't know if you'd agree with me, and maybe I'm wrong. I haven't been to United Center, so you that might be where you say, well, it's giant. Better. But out of the new ones, why do you think the noise absolutely giant. like it used to in the old arenas? Would you say Chicago or Montreal? What do you say, noise? Yeah, like, you know, you've been to Bell Center, you've been, you've been to United Center. Which one yeah. is loudest and which one feels more on top of you uh, like those old Bell ones? Center. The Bell, Bell Center. Bell Center. Yeah. Bell Center is a rock concert. Bell Center is the best. Like, in terms of all the modern buildings now, I mean, I did a lot of – I did TV when it was Bruins, Habs, playoff games, and it was indescribable. Indescribable? Indescribable? Anyway, it was – it's the Bell Center is the best. Um tough to describe the atmosphere. I was in the United Center. I haven't been there really since um, I covered their final in 2010, but I only covered the games in Philly. And um, I haven't been in that building since they stunk. And it's a horribly large place when there's not a lot of people in there. Um, It's too big. But um, yeah, it's phenomenal when it's full. I just haven't been there when when it's been full, which I think I will do here shortly. Yeah, for sure. Well, that should be a great trip. Well, listen, the, the team that you used to, as you mentioned there, you used to work with Nesson, of course, and uh, were around the Bruins for many years, uh, all the way up through their Stanley Cup. And, um, you know, you, you've definitely kept in touch with people in the organization. I know you keep tabs on them, Simmer. And, again, one of the – no, I'd say the biggest hot-button issue in this young season so far for the Bruins uh, is the goaltending, and specifically uh, Tuka Rask, who just seems to be – the Rodney Dangerfield, in my opinion, of uh, Boston. Uh, you know, it, it was that David Price had come in and kind of taken that title away from him, but David Price kind of earns it a little more in terms of his attitude, if you ask me. But uh, right now, it's too Rask. And, I mean, if this guy doesn't deliver a title soon in this spoiled title town that we are here, uh, you know, they might just chase him out of town or give him to a team for a bucket of sticks because uh, – they just seem to want him out. They don't think he can win the big one here. What, what's your take on that whole situation with Tuka Rask in the, in the Boston media and fans here? 
first of all, just to clarify one thing so nobody gets upset, I did cover the final full-time back and forth and uh, was around the team in 10 and 11 in Prague before the season started and during the final after, but I didn't work for the Bruins at Nesson anymore. I was gone by then. It was Malco. Um, uh, yeah, he, he seems to be kind of a lightning rod for, uh, for dislike and, and criticism. Um, maybe because of the inconsistency that he's shown. I mean, he did take him to the final. Timmy was Timmy Thomas was gone. He took him to the final in 2013. There was the bizarre finish to game six. Um, they haven't been back to the promised land, if you will, since. Um, I think he's capable of uh, great things. Uh, part of it might just be the grind, the 82 games, and in his case, what does that mean, 50-something? Because um, uh, he has these streaks where he's just – Unbelievably focused, and he's he's unbelievably good, and then he and then he drops off. Thing is, now they have a legitimate backup, if you even want to refer to him as that, because right now he's been playing so well, he has the best goals against and save percentage maybe in the league in, in Yaroslav Halak, who stole a series for Montreal back in 2010 against the Washington Capitals. So he's another guy who's very capable, and he's another guy who's very streaky. Yep, in a different way, sort of. Mm. So I think they're in good shape. Uh, I mean. Between the two of those guys, they should be in good shape. Well, you, you know, I had a chance to talk to Tuca, and, you know, we'll get to some of the topics right after, but this was, this was from last week, and I, I had you listen to it before, and we'll, we'll play it again for our listeners here. But, you know, I got him after practice. He was really good and, you know, was very open as always and uh, just talked about his slow starts and, and what's now becoming a traditionally slow October for him. Uh, but there was some interesting stuff in there when, when he started to talk about what we just mentioned there, the whole tandem he's got going with Yarrow Halak. So we'll give it a listen here, uh, and we'll come back with our take on Last couple of October's kind of been slow out of the game for you. I mean, attributes that to anything, or just kind of a question out there? I don't know. If I, if I knew, uh, probably wouldn't happen, right? Really no, question, no, yeah, right? I, 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 I just go... Prepare yourself during the summer. Like you're gonna come out hard, and you know sometimes we do. I, I just saw the stats. I think three or four years ago, I had a great October. Yeah, you know, four and up. Then the past couple ones are, haven't been that good, but maybe the next one is good. I don't know. But it's nothing like you're doing differently coming in than you have before. No, maybe I should. <laughs> but then on the flip side, what is it you think that makes you pick up in November? Because your November stats are unreal. From what I've yeah, seen. well, I, I don't know. I, I think. Once you you know you don't you're not satisfied with your performance I guess you know you don't like you don't get that consistency you, you'd like I guess you just kind of you know check yourself and, and try to get better and that's it you know, I'm sure it's everything everything together you know like team's getting better you're getting better everything's kind of falling in place so that's probably what it is but I don't know hopefully this November is better too. you have uh, Halak played well out of the game himself kind of like, like Anton last year. How much does that sort of motivate you to get going? I mean, just push I you. Think, I think competition is good in general in, in every position. Goaltending is no, no different from that, and that's definitely you know nobody's going to take their position for granted. And and, and I think uh, it's great. You know, then it just pushes you to play better and, and earn your spot. So that's that's what I've always thought. And you know, I think it's just a luxury to have in the team kind of like one A and one B, and, and both forwards kind of pulling the load, and then. Um, who knows what's going to happen in the playoffs. Hopefully both can contribute there and, and make it a long run. So some interesting stuff there, some generic stuff, some typical stuff you'd expect. But one thing that really caught my attention there, uh, Simmer, was him 
and I didn't even really prompt him on it, but him voluntarily saying that he envisions that tandem, that 1A and 1B, to potentially go through the playoffs. Not not in the regular season, up until the playoffs, but he, he said through the playoffs. That really caught me there. I mean, what, what's your take on um, the supposed incumbent starter now envisioning a back and forth and, and a tandem with uh, Yarrow Locke even in the playoffs potentially? Yeah, I mean, and what's really – the other thing odd about it is he just got done talking about how he likes the competitive element or, you know, he, t- he spoke on the competitive element, whether it's goaltending or any position on the team. Right. So in that regard, um, I, I, you know, I don't know if you'd take it a step further where you'd be sharing it necessarily in the postseason. And I don't, I don't think he means, well, if one of us drops the ball, there's the other guy to pick it up. And I don't necessarily know if he means like switching off. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a little, it, it almost sounded that way, but it, which doesn't work anywhere ever. Uh, you're going to ride the hot hand. Yeah. But we, but, but we have seen one goalie struggle and another guy pick it up and win. I mean, we've seen it in Pittsburgh uh, when Matt Murray took over. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking, you know, they had three different goalies in the postseason. I think their first cup year, I think Jari got a game. Yeah, you're Murray. Right. Uh, and then Murray, last year, Philip Grubauer, Holtby was struggling so much at the end of the season. Grubauer finished out the season hot, started the playoffs, melted down. Holtby comes back, and they win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. So in that regard, yes, I, he's maybe referring to the fact that 1A and 1B, you need to have both guys available. I would find it hard to believe he actually thinks that, you know, it would be like, hey, let, who do you want to let's, – let's alternate or something. I just – it's not going to happen. That doesn't seem competitive to me. Like, he's almost conceding, you know. Right. And you don't want to hear that. And I don't want to hear I don't, that. Really, to be I don't think that's what he meant. I don't think that's what he's going to He's going to compete. Believe me, he's going to compete for the starting job in the postseason. And yeah. a lot of it will depend on who's who, – it'll just be circumstantial. Who's the hot guy in March? Who's the hot guy when April starts, right? And then they'll have to make a decision. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know, before I spoke to him that day, you know, Cassidy did his post-practice presser. And this was this was prior to Yarrow's start in uh, Nashville, where he played splendidly. I think he had, like, 32 saves, 32 saves, but, you know, they lost one nothing. But, you know, I asked Cassidy uh, about this and then also about the split there. He says, well, it is kind of like last year. And, but then he realizes, like, yeah, but he's playing more in a row here. and and, and like, he's very much acknowledging the demand between the pipes right now. And he hasn't been afraid to say that to the media. And yep. I wonder just, you know, if this, if this continues this way and he struggles in November, which he hasn't done, does Rask start to get frustrated and, and let that get to him? Because he, he does sometimes become sensitive with what's said around him. But he's done a good job recently, I think, in the last year at least of just kind of putting himself in that shell and not listening to the outside noise. Well, yeah, I mean, I can't get inside his head and tell you how he's going to react, but I, but he has traditionally, I mean, he's not the only slow starter in the world. Yeah. Uh, and that, that relates to goaltenders and skaters. So, I mean, that's just a phenomenon that seems to apply to certain guys. Um, I mean, his Novembers have been very good, as you guys referenced. So yeah. I think now it's just a matter of waiting to see what happens over the next three, four weeks. The bottom line, ultimately, Murph, is this, these two guys are healthy come the end of the season, and uh, they've both shown signs of being themselves for stretches. Yep. The Bruins will be in pretty good shape. I mean, he brought that up, too. He's like, ultimately, it comes down to 
where we are and who we are in the postseason. Yeah, yeah, and it's true. It's a good way to look at it. I just wonder, I mean, the, the, the media here is going to, and, and, and maybe I'm even doing it talking about it right now, but, you know, they're always going to stir up controversy, and they're always going to look at maybe the potential negative as the potential positive, which, you know, makes sense in, what's Tuka, in what Tuka's saying and what you just said there. But, um, you know, I, I've talked to people over the last year or two, and, you know, I always wondered, you know, have they ever looked at other options? I mean, obviously they had Martin Jones for about seven minutes, I think, in 2015. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, the San Jose trade. Yeah, yeah, but, it, like, and I, I poke around, and, I, and I'll tell you, I've heard his name out there. I kind of stopped poking around after last year's playoffs because I actually thought Rask answered some questions. I know they didn't make it to the conference final, but by no means was it his fault that they lost to Tampa Bay. and. They just lost to a better team, and that's all that was. Just like the other night when they lost to Nashville, it's just a better team. Yeah. But well, the renewing contract, you know, the contract time is is we're getting close to the end. Right, so that, that's a factor. Seven million after this year, and so I was talking to somebody recently, and I hadn't really investigated this in a while. The call was made to me and said, "Look, you might want to look into this." Uh, you know, I'm hearing that they did try to move him twice this past off season, They they really had some serious conversations. I'm not saying that they necessarily were going to do it, but they had some deals that made sense. What I wasn't able to get and what I asked Tuca about actually or, or, or before this is, you know, what he waves and he doesn't want to talk about that. And I understand that. Um, yep. But he does hold a no movement clause currently where he can make a list of eight teams he can go to. Or starting next year and then the final year, it becomes 15 teams. So right. that combined with the money he's making, and then the fact that I was looking at it recently, uh, Simmer, that there's going to be a good six starting goaltenders, arguably, on the free agent market next July 1st, unless they get extended by their current clubs, uh, or maybe they're traded and then extended before then. But potentially six stars out there, you know, obviously Bobrovsky is going to be out there, Balamoff. Uh, Mike Smith, all those things combined just tell me they're stuck with him. And, you know, this contract's going to ride out, basically, in, in, and then in three years, and then they can figure out what they do from there. But that being said, it's like, at what point does the media around here and a lot of these fans that really don't seem to like Tuca, they got to realize that and say, you know what, maybe, maybe you just support the guy because we're stuck with each other. The Athletic is a subscription-based publisher of smarter sports coverage for diehard sports fans. The model is simple. No ads, no pop-ups, and no autoplay videos. Instead, read and subscribe for authentic, in-depth coverage written by journalists who know their teams inside and out. Coverage will go beyond game recaps and trade speculation to provide smarter analysis and a deeper perspective about teams and the league. Subscribers have access to local and national content with more than 650 to 700 news stories published every week all across sports. Now, you heard the local there. The Athletic, of course, are in Boston. And the Athletic Boston is fastly becoming one of the best sports sites for Boston sports fans around. I'm telling you guys, this is some insightful reading, like it says. They get behind the story. They make you glued to it. And they really reel you in and want to make you finish what are really good, long, insightful, in-depth stories that you're not going to get anywhere else. They're right. You don't get that anywhere else right now. And that's one thing I hate about sports media. It is what it is. But everything's so short and instant gratification. And 
when do we lose the time to kick back and read a wonderful sports story? I don't know, but you should make it for the Athletic Boston and their Bruins coverage with Fudo Shinzara and Joe McDonald. I worked with Joey Mack back in ESPN Boston back in the day, and him and I, great team, and I learned a lot from him. He's one of the best in the biz, and, of course, so is Fudo. And I'm telling you guys, they're well worth the read, and you need to go right now to athletic.com slash Beat. Again, theathletic.com slash Beat and sign up right now with promo code BRUINSBEAT, and you'll get it for $2.99 a month. That's 40% off, $2.99 a month. So go right now, theathletic.com slash BRUINSBEAT, use the promo code BRUINSBEAT when signing up, and you get it $2.99 a month and 40% off. You can't beat that deal. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, because I that's why I brought up nearing the end, because the closer you get to the end, especially the goaltender, like, yeah, if they were trying to move him, it's because they were trying to dump the seven mil, right? Yeah. But if the closer you get towards the end, it becomes a little more tenable for another team if they're in a desperate situation and they, and they need a viable goaltender in a particular situation. Maybe they're a contender, maybe they're close to being a contender, and they're in a spot where they have, they have an injured goaltender or something like that, and that, that contract's not going to be hanging around much longer. But it's incredible. So that's almost. That's the big What's question, that? right? He kind of holds the cards, though. Like Dave, like David Price does now, he holds the cards because he's got this no movement clause, you know. And what? Yeah, well, I mean, if Philadelphia, like, take Philadelphia for example, or, or, or take Florida once Luongo gets hurt again, or, or just can't play anymore, you know, and that's going to happen sooner than later. There, and you could go through a list of teams that, if if the cards fall a certain way, they're going to be looking for someone like a Tukarask who only has maybe a year left on his contract or a year and a half left on his contract, right? And he can slide into a position like that and finish it out and then maybe re-sign there or re-sign somewhere else and become that guy. But I think there's there would be a demand for him once that once this term starts to wind once it starts to wind down. I mean it might even be depending on the Bruins season goes, well I, I can't see it happening this year. Now that you have this one two punch um they're gonna they're gonna go with it. They're gonna try to win with these two guys. Why wouldn't they? I mean, he stinks. Go ahead. You know, no one's gonna want him anyway. So yeah. yeah, you're right. They're gonna have to ride it out this year. But I think they want to ride it out this year. I'm with you on that, and I'm also with you that I do think as you get closer to the end of that contract, and you know, you, you bring up Philly. Well, of course, they'll be in that mix because they always need a goalie. But uh, well, Carter Hart's not gonna be. Carter Hart's gonna be ready. That's the thing about Philly's maybe oh, yeah, that example right. now, they yeah, probably they have a goalie. Of the yeah, you're right. So that could be solved yeah. finally and Philly fans yeah. can rejoice. But, uh, you know, you look at the situation with Tuca, though. He's told me a million times. He's said it to the rest of the media a million times. And I know talking to mutual friends that we have, he's very happy here. He's got children here. Yeah. They're two and they're four. You know, it would surprise – and this is just completely, again, this is me speculating. I don't have any proof of this. But I, it wouldn't surprise me if I did find out that he said no to one of those potential deals, and that's why it didn't happen. And I just don't know if that changes in those next three years. You know, what would make him change his mind when he's got – he's getting his money no matter what. He's happy here. He's got a house. His kids are growing up here. I mean, when it comes down to it, it's going to be Tuka's call, and that's the only thing when I say I, like, it, it seems like they're stuck with each other. Yeah. Well, they'd, they'd be nuts to think about it the rest of the season. You're, you're just It's going to be one or the other. And I and – Halak got hot, and I have Tuka Rask as a backup. I'm pretty happy. 
Yeah. So and you know um, what? That's so, what? You brought it up, and nobody else brings it up around here. Maybe that's just because they, they, they haven't watched him carefully and, you know, followed his career. But he is streaky. He, he, yeah. he goes the other way. It's not too good either. Yeah. But when he's hot, he's as good as anybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, you guys be a Timmy um, Thomas right now, Simmer. That's the way he I'm just wondering. I'm, I'm wondering. I'm just wondering if you've taken your Brad Marchand acting classes. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> I love Is that it. That great or what? I love it. Yeah. He just, he, has a, he just expresses his old school mentality in a new way. Yeah. Like beating the, beating the crap out of Lars Eller. I had no problem with it whatsoever. I would have done the same thing. I'd have been like, hey, dude, what are you doing? And, I, you know, it would have been overkill to have Zdeno Chara beat the crap out of Lars Eller. So a little guy beats the crap. I mean, that's perfect. Like, what else can you ask for? Instead of it being kind of an over-the-top, like, goony kind of, uh, you know, thing where a big guy beats up Lars Eller, it's freaking Brad Marchand beating him up. I mean, you can't yeah. ask for more. It's like, it was perfect. You know, yeah. you know, uh, teach him a lesson. And, and, and it's someone that's not going to, you know, well, other than he's, he's a magnet for everything anyway. And then he goes out and has four assists the next night. It's yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And now this time, he's been playing. We talked about it a lot. We talked about it a lot on the Monday show, Monday morning show. Uh-huh. Um, about, hey, he has a great point here. Are we turning into soccer or what? Yeah. So I've seen three or four instances in the last two weeks of the exact same thing. A guy faking a stick to the head and throwing his head back. Four, I, I would say. Three, maybe four times in the last two weeks. A couple Did of them were blank. Did you get the call? I mean, of course they got the call. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Because it's you. It's always in the corner, and it's impossible for a referee to see what really happened. Yeah. So you make the rep. that pisses off the referees. Believe me, hockey ops hates it. Refs hate it. Uh, so they're going to have to start treating this like they treat other types of dives, because that's yeah, ultimately it's, what it's, it is. It's so refreshing and if you can do that. I loved it. If you... If you don't catch it on the ice, which I understand you can't, because it's very hard to make that call or, you know, fast heat of the action, it's difficult to see what's really happening. So if a guy sells it, you find the hell out of him after the fact. Yeah. Because that's the only way you're going to get rid of it, because there's yeah. no way of spotting it necessarily as it happens. You're going to have to, you're going to have to really nip this in the bud after the fact. And I, I'm talking like you suspend guys if yeah. it gets too stupid. Yeah, I agree. I agree. How about Marshan, eh? I mean, Simon, you, you knew this kid when he came in. You got to cover him a bit when he came in the league. And just yeah. what he's become now. And, you know, I know he's not getting the goals right now. And, and Cassidy talked about this the other day as well. And he said, but, hey, he's shown he's got some playmaking skills. And he knows that these other guys get the hot hand right now. And he's maybe hit a bit of a wall early on here. So he's like, what? Why not try and feed them? Why not pass up on the shot maybe that I might always take? And then maybe by accident, I'll take that shot and it'll go in. So, He's kind of adapted to his game and also just the climate of the team. Like I, I love the way he's playing right now. Yeah, I don't have a problem with him. He's, he's always he's always worked his butt off. Um, you know, he'll get through whatever scoring slumps he'll get through. In the meantime, he's still out there causing problems, being feisty, getting in trouble, and and uh, making things happen. And again, it's a long season, and uh, these guys have to pace themselves a little bit. But I think he's. I, I don't have any problems with him. I mean, he's a rat, but you love him on your team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's good stuff, brother. Listen, I'll let you go. I know you're a busy man, and I I am as well. And uh, we are going to have to cross paths on this tour. Uh, it starts in, believe it or not, 
starts in Dallas on the 16th of November against the Bruins. Um, Then I see the Bruins in Toronto, I believe, about two weeks later or ten days later. And then guess where it ends, Murph? Guess where it ends? Right in the beaner, eh? Right in the beaner, hosting the Buffalo Sabres on December 16th. And we will be going out post-game, my friend. Oh, I think so. I think so. And you might have a down day as well, I'm, I'm guessing, after 31 straight days. So yeah, we're going to be uh, – we'll have a good time that evening for game 31. That sounds great, my friend. Always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us, all right? Thanks, Murph. All right. That's Rob Simpson, host of Stella Consumer, the author of No Heavy Lifting. Get on that. Great holiday gift. Definitely pick it up, and maybe you'll see Simmer uh, along his tour here, whether it's in Boston or somewhere where the Bruins are playing. Thanks for listening to Bruins Beat on CLNS. Me, this is Jimmy Murphy. Talk to you next week.